Beyond the Wrench with Jay Gannon from Find the Wrench. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Wrench. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it as always. I'm your host, Jay Gannon. And before we get started with the podcast, let's talk about the winner of our higher or lower game for last week. And that was Gerald Mayers with a high score of 31. With that, Gerald wins a $100 Amazon gift card and a chance to flip the Queen of Hearts, which was up to $1,100. Unfortunately, he did not do that. So the pot rises yet again to $1,200. The prize for this week was sponsored by our really, really good friends at Full Bay. If you haven't heard of Full Bay, please be sure to go check them out. They're great supporters of the show and just really good people in general. They have a great, great business and and uh, one that I think can help a lot of you out. Lastly, have you heard of Wrenchway School Connect yet? Wrenchway School Connect is a free tool that makes it easier for schools to connect with local shops and dealerships to get the resources they need to attract students to technician programs and to help educate them about the industry, not only just them, but really looking for opportunities to get out there, support these schools, build better programs. And uh, there's a lot of schools out there that are looking for help. So get out to Wrenchway School Connect. The schools can post requests for donations and resources from shops, and shops can post resources that they have available to schools in their area. Shops and schools can sign up at wrenchway.com school connect and uh, we'll put the link in the show notes as well. It's a really good program. It's free for everybody and something that we we really, really believe is a, a powerful tool that can connect all of you. Get out there, check it out. Make sure you post uh, something out there as far as the project goes so that you can offer your support to these schools. I know they would greatly appreciate it. As for this week's episode, we were lucky enough to be joined by Michael Carbenia of ZSpace. And Really, our conversation was about technology and maybe how that technology can help us appeal to younger generations. And just like we talked about in School Connect, another way to get somebody interested, another way to maybe change that perception of that parent that might steer that that student away from our industry. And so this conversation goes into pretty great detail about that. And and Michael is just such a, a a brilliant guy. And and really, this is a, a different avenue than maybe we've talked about in the past. So I, I, I think you're really going to like this this podcast and everything that Michael has to say. Overall, just a really, really great insight and maybe ways to open uh, your thoughts and, and feelings to be able to help these schools attract more people. And not just the schools, us as an industry, we need to attract more people. Michael's got some great ways to do that. So enjoy the show and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Welcome back to Beyond the Wrench. I am excited for today's conversation. I'm talking with Michael Carbania from ZSpace. Uh, for those of you that don't know who ZSpace is, you'll, you're will you about to be educated. And and really, I think this conversation is one that, that I think is really needed and something that I'm, I'm really excited about. So welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you to the Wrenchway family and Jay for having us. We're just just humbled to be here and excited to share how technology and the automotive space can really work together, particularly augmented and virtual reality. Yeah. And you're, you've got some stuff that we've talked about in the past that 
is way above my pay grade in terms of understanding. So hopefully you can break it down for for folks like me today. But let's uh, let's start with your background. How how did you get into the technology space? Yeah, that's a great question. And so I think what's important, especially for your audience to appreciate, is I am the I'm the son of a welder and I'm the grandson of a diesel mechanic. So I I grew up in this this world of tinkering and messing with things and vehicles. And I didn't know what that was that it later turned out to be like, oh, this is career and technical education or vocation. So I've always had a passion for hands-on and building and doing things. So as I went through my, what am I going to do with my life career? You know, I went through education. We, I, I started out in the business world. We had this little thing that happened back in the day where like we had a stock market crash, you know, and, and things <laughs> like that, where Getting into the business field was probably not a good option. So uh, I literally was was working for doing business development, and there was a local high school across the street, and they needed a uh, a CTE teacher to do business and technology. And so I went over there, walked over, said, "Hey, can I teach? I love this." And so I go and teach, and then I turn out like there's a shop there. So I go through this progression in the next twelve years of public education, where I'm a teacher, I'm a school-based administrator, and then my last stop, I was a CTE director down in St. Lucie County in South Florida. We were looking for a solution because I had an automotive program, I had a manufacturing program. I needed to get students excited, no different than how the automotive industry is trying to recruit students into their pathways and into these careers. I needed to leverage a tool, and I literally got on Dr. Google, and I punched up (laughs) And sure enough, there was this this AR VR product called Z Space, and so I applied for a grants and I, I got a, I got a grant. I started using Z Space, and I just fell in love with what augmented and virtual reality can do for students. And I lived it and saw it firsthand. And then when I started to understand what they could do to have a seventh grader pick up a wrench and take you know take apart a transmission, now, they would never actually do that in real life, but they could do it virtually and start to have that. I realized this was the new tinkering. And so I went through that and then I was blessed to have ZSpace said, hey, will you want to come over and lead our operations of career tech ed and workforce development? And so then I joined ZSpace. That's crazy. And that's what you're doing with ZSpace today, right? Correct. So today my focus with ZSpace is you know, we are an augmented and virtual reality platform, and, and I can explain a little bit more of that to the audience as, as we see appropriate. But my yeah. main role is what goes on our platform has to support career and technical education. So you can imagine automotive is a really big piece of that, whether it's gas or trucks, um, if it's diesel, if it's hybrid, alternative energy. What goes on our platform, it's got to be real. There's a lot of games in technology, and those are fantastic. I'm a consumer of games. I love them. But what we want to do is we wanted to focus on, is this going to help somebody get a job? Is this going to help somebody be purposeful in using technology and not just consuming vast quantities of it? Yeah, and I I think this is where this podcast plays really key to, one, understanding what the technology is. And then the the second piece to this is we talk about it every week on this podcast about the shortage of qualified and skilled people entering the industry. And 
that was one thing in our conversations that really stuck out to me was how you appeal to that younger person. And, and you hit it on the head there when you said, this is the new tinkering. And and I look at it, even when I was growing up, it wasn't like it was in the 70s or 60s where you could go and, and take apart a car and be able to really think through things because they were too expensive. Parts Parts to replace on a car were too expensive. And if you screwed it up, you're you're stuck and there just wasn't as many opportunities to be able to tinker. And, and I think that's where this is so appealing to that younger person that, you know, maybe there's not the intimidation that you would have in diving headfirst into tearing apart a car and putting it back together. Right. Yeah. You know, listen, and here, think about what you just said though. That's so powerful about it. I know I remember the very first time I ever changed the brakes on my vehicle. I had a, 1994 Honda Accord. And when I took that tire off and I had that caliper come off, I put the brake pad, I put, I put one brake pad on, on the front. And I, I, I was like, okay, how do I, now I'm stuck because that, that caliper, I I didn't know how to get the punch. So there was no YouTube. I'm not going to go. How do I, I, do I put an air hose in there? How do I do this? And (laughs) I ended up having to call the neighborhood mechanic because I got ahead of myself yeah. and I didn't, and I didn't have a chance to experience. I had to learn it the hard way. And now I think about, you know, I have, I have a nine and 11 year old and they've taken apart the brakes more times than ever. Virtually they wouldn't have that, that hesitation. They would know what proper tool do I need to do to bring that caliper back together. So those brake pads are going to go together. And what's more, even better about that is they, they're not going to get hurt. They're not going to break any parts and they're going to have a positive experience where now down the road, they're probably going to be more open to working in, in this space. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the technology play in that regard stands out to that younger generation too, right? Where it's not, you know, we talk about it all the time that the grease monkey mentality and maybe changing that perception of our industry because so much of it has changed and it's going to, it's going to continue to change at just kind of such a crazy rate. This, I think, really appeals in any type of technology, really appeals to a young person because they've grown up with it all their lives, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think what you just hit the nail on the head, too, when you talk about change, we can talk about the industry. Ford and GM have already said we're going all electric. Now, that doesn't mean gas is going away. We know that. However, there are really big risks, lithium ion and electricity that that serious, that can harm somebody. How do I build a workforce when I can't just go stick electric vehicles all over the place? I've got to leverage technology to do that, to get them just as excited the way the first time you see that Corvette, it's just so beautiful. It's a stingray. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, this is amazing. And, and I want to work on it. And I want to know what makes that go. We got it. We can do that with technology. We can instill that passion into students, particularly when we think about different subgroups that we know there's not a lot of females in the industry. Right. We talk about minorities in the industry. Now I, I can go to the most um, rural. I can go to the most poor. I can go to the most inner city of inner cities. I can go anywhere, the suburbs, and I can take the technology to them and say, today, you're going to take apart an electric vehicle. Today, you're going to play with that transmission. 
And I get the power of doing that through technology. And that's all we want to do is get them excited about technology, but more importantly, lead them into the actual career field. That translates so nicely too, because I think that I've often talked about a different type of student that we need to attract, right? And you just hit on the different demographics and maybe that person that wouldn't traditionally come to our industry, this can become really, really appealing to, and that's what helps us get them interested in in their high school program, in their tech school program to help build better programs there as well. And I, you know, I think that's one of the common misperceptions of technology. And we've talked about this before is we're not replacing people. Like we're not replacing the, the automotive instructor. We're not replacing the, the technician as a whole. And we'll talk about how it, how it pertains in the industry in a little bit. But, you know, I think that's where, when we look for recruiting tools and to show people what this industry is all about, this is the first step of that. Like, and I think it's so, so important that we, we get to young people and show them this, this stuff and, and able to get them interested in it, right. To even learn more about it. Yeah. I, you know what, Jay, you make me think of an example of the auto gallery, a gentleman named Daryl Burnett. He is a lifelong automotive, passionate, that what they do there is they have beautiful vehicles of all, all shapes and sizes all across the industry through the decades. They are doing just that. What they're doing is they're saying, we're going to leverage a product like Z-Space because we have the beautiful, you know, Shelby GT sitting here, but you're not going to go drive my Shelby GT young man or, <laughs> or woman. I'm going to open the hood. I'm going to let you look at it, but I'm not letting you take it apart. So come over here and use this technology and then they can see how it connects because they've got the real thing sitting there. They've got the AR VR experience to do that. And and I think, you know, there's a real life example of what Daryl and the auto gallery are doing it up in Wisconsin. I think anybody should check that out. They're they're amazing. And and what they are, are trying to blend technology as well as create a passion for the automotive automotive industry in their local regional problem, I think it's just a really great innovative approach of blending those things together, like you just said. Yeah, and a, a special shout out to Daryl too. If you're in Wisconsin right now and listening to this, make sure you reach out to Daryl. They're up in Green Bay. He's got a gorgeous, I mean, when I say gorgeous, I don't, I don't think that does it justice, but that what he's laid out there is second to none. And he is passionate about bringing people into this industry. He's got decades of experience in this industry. And one fun fact, I didn't know this, and I don't know if you know this, but he was the play-by-play announcer for the Indianapolis Colts at one point in his life. That's crazy. I did not know that. And after last night's <laughs> Monday night football game, that was insane. He's probably he's probably really struggling today. That was a great game. I I did not know that about him until he came into my office one day and we were sitting down chatting. Just a, a great, great person. And once he said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that shoe fits. That that makes sense. But yes, yes. Shout out to him for sure. And anybody and not even just Wisconsin. I know he's trying to take it at, to a different level and and really show off everything that Z-Space is. And that was that was kind of going to segue into my next question is how how do people get access to this technology? Right. Because it's not it's not like it's a this little app or something like that. I mean, it's it's right. pretty extensive. 
Yeah, that, that's a great. So I, I think understand the majority of our users are leveraging because education is our market. Of course, it's a little different time. We have a lot of things like ESSER or, or CARES Act funding that has, it's great to see when it's being used intentionally. I think so many times people understand money goes to school districts and they don't always know how it is. So that's one way they're doing it. They're leveraging federal dollars to purchase innovation and bring that to their students. There's a lot of local funding that people do with bonds that, and, and we help with that, that, you know, that's something very popular, for instance, in Texas, they do, they do a lot of fundraising through bonds to bring innovation, but, you know, it, for people that want it and they have a thirst for bringing innovation, a lot of people just go to zspace.com or they go to the Dr. Google, as I say, and they, they punch <laughs> it in, um, or we, we get a lot of great customers as well that will share it. You know, I think about Renton Technical College in Seattle is a great customer of us. That's what they're doing and sharing it out. And Gwinnett, that's kind of a post-secondary. And then all the way on the other side in Georgia, at Gwinnett Public Schools, they, they're also doing Maxwell Technical College. Down in Florida, we have Pinellas County Technical College. So I say all that because I think I want everybody to know access is all across all 50 states. And if you're hesitant about being innovative, reach out to me. You know, I mean, you reach out to Jay, reach out to dspace.com, say somebody call me because there's great examples of people taking technology. I'd love you to use Zspace. I'd love you to bring AR and VR, but I, I just want everybody to understand it doesn't replace and that there is funding available. There are no, no matter how small you are, how big you are, if you want to be innovative, especially uh, in technology. There's a lot of opportunity out there more than ever to bring it into your programs. Is this something where industry can get involved with like a school to to try and pursue something like this? And I, I use an example in our local community here in Mount Horeb, we had put something together called the Community Alliance for the Skilled Trades. We called it CAST. And our purpose is, and COVID's kind of killed us a little bit here, but our purpose was to try and build a better program in terms of enrollment, in terms of funding to the school. We had a local, Steve Helwig, who's a, a local shop yeah. owner here, a great, great person. He actually did all of the grant writing and got them like fifty or $60,000 worth of welders so they could have a welding program. Mm-hmm. And so like, I look at, I look at what you're doing with ZSpace and I see such a such an opportunity for industry to get involved and try to try to push their schools to get involved and sh- and really, if it's writing grants or if it's doing whatever it is, find out what it is that you can do to help get this technology into your school because that's what ultimately is going to drive your enrollment and drive your interest, right? Yeah, I know, and I think what you're hitting on is really under, and I'm telling it coming from my years of experience in education and then serving education now. Schools of all shapes and sizes want to work with industry and CTE directors. I think that's that's one of the reasons just as, as a slight sidebar, why I love the Wrenchway platform and why I fell in love with it is that the backwards approach that a student can look at a shop and say, this is where I want to work. That is powerful. That is not something that people can do in the same breath. Let's go a step further as a student. If I see that, you know, shop ABC is making an investment in me, that means a lot. And, and that that is what I have found, you know, where I think about back in my time in St. Lucie, where St. Lucie Battery and Tire, they're just, a, I mean, they're, they're just a battery and tire shop. 
but they worked with us at the school district and they were always bringing us supplies that they're, they're older because they're, they're turning over tools and things like that. But we didn't have the resources to do that. So when they would bring me a box of spark plugs, they bring me different, you know, wrenches, that all is fantastic. And then they became my great champions because they go to the Economic Development Council. I still remember a guy named Pete Tesh. He's fantastic. He runs the Economic Development Council. He and they want to invest in education. So my challenge to your listeners, because I know there's a bunch of them, is reach out to those school districts and say, hey, have you? how are you going to work with us? We want to work with you. Because I think they're going to find more willing partners than they would ever imagine. And don't be afraid to do it. Because when you combine it with a great platform like Rentway, that they can just <laughs> back into it. And I love it. I admit my bias. That's powerful. And, and that's what educational, that's really community coming together and solving their local needs. Yeah. And and this is the, the start of a great conversation because right there is one, it, it brings me a lot of, of satisfaction when I see industry really step up and start to work with a school because it it shows that you're putting the effort into trying to solve this problem, not just trying to make the next hire, but really trying to uh, grow your own. That's a really popular thing in our industry. Oh, I'm going to grow my own. Okay, what are you doing about it? Well, I'm just going to call the tech school when I need somebody. Well, it doesn't work that way anymore. Like, yeah, you need to be able to work to build these programs and 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 I think technology is such an underutilized piece of that, of getting that younger generation interested in, in showing them what it's all about. And what you were talking about, too, is even if you don't have the resources to, to buy all the special tools and the tooling needed, having a, a resource like ZSpace to be able to do that without having to buy extra tools, where you're also getting some realistic exposure to something, I, I think the the, I, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to blow your head up too much here, Michael, but I, like this, it is such a special tool. It is such a good resource. I, I and I, and I, I really appreciate that. And I, and I, you know, we're, we're just, we're just one little old shop of, of Z space trying to do our part. And, and I think what you're saying is what's great about it is those are universal. I mean, we're talking about the automotive space, but for any of your listeners that play in other arenas, it doesn't matter if it's agriculture, if it's welding, if it's, you know, health, working together and leveraging technology as a tool, just like we use our tools to work on our vehicles and just like, you know, they serve specific purposes and and that's what makes it work. And I think for those, we, we talked about the term in the very beginning, our old grease monkeys in the beginning who say technology is trying to replace, technology is going to take away. No, no, no. This is a specific tool that is going to address a specific need. And, and that's how we want it to be designed. It's not, it's it's best used that way. And, you know, that's that's a really great call out by you guys and what you're doing. And and it's not going away. So no. you know, I, always, I always love the, I think the one that comes to mind for me, Jay, I don't know if you ever heard this. The, there's some great quotes by the, the, the old CEO of Blockbuster saying this Netflix thing isn't going to work. <laughs> you know? Surprise, it worked. And, and, and so it really just depends on your attitude and, and how you want to approach it. But don't be Blockbuster. Well, so now let's talk about how this translates into industry, right? And so when when we talk about that, how how what's the impact of people that maybe 
they're out of school, they're into a shop and, and really are there, is there an ability for them to use the tool and, and get better? That's, that's a great call out. So one of the more popular ones that come to mind is, so we know, we know about Tesla. Tesla designs in augmented and virtual reality. I mean, that is how they design all of their stuff. They leverage a program called Katia, which is a really big base, you know, industry program. Ford is also, so you can look at job descriptions and there are job descriptions that say, do you have experience with AR and VR? So, I mean, it's just that simple that these are jobs that are, we didn't know were going to exist. Yeah. You know, so now they're present, but Ford and GM and, and Mercedes that are these job descriptions include that in there. So I think about as a shop, what am I doing at a training center? Am I giving my students access? Am I really preparing them for what the industry and perhaps beyond that, am I giving them the opportunity to grow? So they really became my big champion is that, yeah, I went in and I started out as a level one master ASE master mechanic. But my passion was design. And because I had experience with augmented virtual reality or some of these CAD-based programs like Katia, I can now go on and, and I can grow. So we want to give them those tools to do that. But it is, it is rapidly growing. I challenge anybody today to do, to do some job searching. Every major automotive industry and, and provider of vehicles and, and OEM they are leveraging AR and VR to create products. As they should. And I think that translates into any shop then too, right? Because if, if they're using the technology at the manufacturer's level, you know it's coming down the pipe for everybody else, right? Yeah. And so I really love that. And we think about that. Think of the shop owners. And, and, and you know, early on, if we talk about that, those shop owners and they're like, why did it cost? $700 to replace an O2 sensor. What was that labor? How powerful is that for you even to have a video to show an engine being exploded and to allow that customer to go, do you see all those 4,500 parts I had to take apart to get to that O2 sensor? That's why it costs $700. You know, that's a lot better of a conversation than just, Oh, that, that's just the sticker price. You know, it, <laughs> I think that's the great way that a shop owner can leverage technology that maybe they're not thinking about is there are standard repairs that, hey, I got to replace my shocks. I've got to replace my struts. Well, the common person doesn't understand all the work that goes into that. So if I can visually recreate that, I am going to put you at a much better place to understand why it costs what it costs. And more importantly, why it may take me two or three days to do it. And they can feel more confident about it. So I challenge shop owners to think about using using technology in that way. Yeah, let let the let them tell a story because that's, you know, I, I think even with visual inspections and everything like that, that we've got uh, really mainstream into the industry now. Hearing from shops, I mean, being able to to show visuals is such a key part. And and I think, you know, the more I read about EV repair, the more, you know, that's not going to be as much maintenance as what we've got now, but the repair side of it's still going to be really high. And so being able to explain why, like you said, the, the O2 sensor that costs 
$700, that might not be that O2 sensor on, on, on a car, but maybe something with calibration and being able to show them why, you know, why you need to calibrate it properly. And it's for the, the safety of your family that we're doing this. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of value to that. Now, I want to touch on something we talked about earlier in the podcast, which is that technology is not here to replace the person, right? Like, it's not like technology is going to come in and take all of your jobs and, oh my goodness, it's it's truly having the right mindset from a technician standpoint of what technology is there to do, which is to be a tool for you to get better, right? And I think that's where being able to have the right mindset and the outlook on what technology is can be so beneficial to a tech. Yeah. And I think from a tech perspective, one of the ones I get a kick out of is I remember four years ago going into a training classroom and it was just the most beautiful craftsman set of tools and an alignment machine. That was it. Fast forward four years. I got computers all over the place because what you just said, alignments are done through through computers. It's there. So Again, if you're not even exploring that topic, how are you going to expl- explain it to your customer? So even if you are the technician, we have smarter consumers. And let me tell you all, I'm creating the smarter customer for you. Right, right. They're going to come to you and go, wait a minute. I, I've kind of <laughs> done this. Bert. I mean, I have an idea what you're talking about. Can you explain to me? So as a technician, you should certainly stay up on the the newest trends and what's going on. You know, I always think about SEMA. I know it's a great conference. People love it. You know, can't wait to get back to Vegas. But the technology integration that can go with that. You mentioned batteries. I was just in Michigan for the battery show. I was floored by what was going on there and the, the power that computers are bringing to torque and pull ratios and how you are manipulating it. So as a technician, I got to make sure I'm continuing to look at that because your future technicians are, and and they're doing it now and they're getting access to it. So it's something to think about. And it's a great point. Well, isn't it funny how technology has made a battery show exciting? Oh, listen, would you ever think (laughs) of the Duracell battery show or, you know what I mean? Like it's true though. I was there for 48 hours and I, w- I was just floored at, as somebody who works in there, you know, in this space, the what people can do. We have such smart, brilliant people that are creating better ways, faster ways, the power that a computer. And I, I, for those of you on the podcast, I've got quotations, you know, <laughs> that a computer can do. It, it's pretty remarkable and it's not slowing down. You know, now you've got the likes of these great, big, large, traditional manufacturers exploring this space and putting that brain power into it. It's pretty, pretty exciting. So uh, tell me a little bit about maybe the proper mindset of a technician and how they should be approaching this, right? Like they see all this big, fancy technology coming. Yeah. What, what, is a, what is a good approach from their end to, to really embrace this? I think that I, I challenge them a couple of ways. I think about school board advisory committees. You know, when you go to a conference, make sure you're going to a conference, a nice plug for the Wrenchway conference coming up, I'll be sure to attend, <laughs> but working with your local schools to listen to your future coworkers or your future hires. So 
that's a great way. And, and it's another tie back to the school systems, whether that's post-secondary partners or your K-12 setting, going to those, those advisory board committees and listening and, and hearing about what the challenges are, what they're trying to teach them is going to give you great insight into, again, what your future employees are going to be. These are, the, these are what they're being taught. Because I, I think if we're really honest about it, there's a big gap between graduation of, of a two-year program of a, of a K-12 system and then life happening and what it really means to be a technician and what it really means to understand the pressure of, well, it's supposed to take me four hours to make this. Well, when I was learning about it, I had 40 days to learning about it. <laughs> you know, so you bridging those gaps and coming in. So from your mindset, remembering those same triggers that you're like, if I knew what I knew 10 years ago as a technician now, I would be that much better and smarter. Give that information back, but also listen to what your future coworkers and, and hires are going to do because they'll be there and they'll talk about that mindset of, you can also fix, now you're making me think, you can, you're also fixing the mindset of what it's not. Not every shop is shiny and new. Not right. every shop is a computer. So having that bridge and letting them know, maybe you need to be a blend of all these things. You need to understand that if a 1998 Buick Oldsmobile comes in, we're not going to treat it the same way the 2012 Oldsmobile is. It's, it's a different you know, or the 2021, like they're different builds. There's different technologies that are a part of that. That That's a mouthful. So I'll pause. No, I, I think that's a, that's a great point. And, and I think now I, maybe a question that I've got for you there, how, how is the, what is the rate of learning? And I don't know if you've done studies on this or not, but like how fast somebody can comprehend or like be able to be, be able to digest all of the information that's out there. Because I'm assuming with ZSpace, there's a pile of information at your hands and being able to not overwhelm yourself with the amount of information that, that's out there. How, how is it digested? Yeah, that's a really interesting stance. And we're or so you know, anecdotally, we found that uh, the research says that somebody learns between 10 and 15 percent faster using, uh, you know, an, an AR VR tool. So we did a lot of research with Texas Tech University measuring that, that how much faster. And then, you know, I think some of the first thing somebody says, well, it's only 10 to 15 percent. Pause. If you think about in the course of 365 days, if I just learned a month and a half faster, that's real dollars. That's yeah, real dollars yeah. to a shop owner. That's a lot more cars I can turn over and I can learn. And then the other piece that we find, there's a fair amount of research just universally that talks about students being allowed to fail in a safe way promotes greater growth. You want to fail forward. So if I can break something virtually and not worry about the consequences of now my shop teacher's mad at me because I ruined a crankshaft, that's really powerful in my learning that I can see what happens, what a misfiring spark plug really is. Uh, I can treat those symptoms faster because I can recreate those symptoms faster electronically. One one scenario where I think this would be incredibly valuable, and back when I was going to tech school, 
one of the things, and even as I got into industry, that I was terrified of was frying a computer, if putting power to it when you shouldn't put power to it, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I see the value so much in just that part of it, like being able to explore a little bit without having the terror put into you that, hey, if you blow that $1,000 controller out, that, that's going on your paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do that. We call those don't do that. That's, that's exactly it. You know, we all have those where folks are like, hey, don't do that. You can do that. And, and I think what you're saying is, you know, you, you're, you're a technician at heart. You know what it was like when you're like, oh, my God, that, that was such a profound experience for you. Yeah. We're trying to give that to younger generations, to specific targeted individuals that need it. And, and that they, maybe that's the, the stepping stone between them being a great mechanic and then being an average mechanic because they're afraid to make a mistake because they don't want it on their paycheck. So, you know, that's a great call out by you. I, I love that. What what age do kids start to grasp this, like understand systems and maybe the way electricity works or the way that, you know, a mechanical mm-hmm. piece of uh, a piece of equipment works? Oh, that that's a really great question. So we we're go, we're all the way down in, in, in K, like literally K kindergarten, because we well, we electricity is a really interesting topic. For somebody to simply understand what a series, a parallel, a switch, a resistor, Ohm's law, there's a lot of different ways to teach it. You can, but there there are hard costs to constantly blowing up resistors and and LEDs and going through it. And there's risk. I mean, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you, but it will it will annoy you and hurt you. And then it, and and if you, the younger you are, if you have that negative experience, you're you're not gonna continue that on. So we, we have a lot of success, especially in electricity, allowing somebody to, at a very young age, third grade, fourth grade, and in the same breath, Jay, I'll tell you what I love about it is when you, we often forget about the importance of upskilling or reskilling workers. So I know, I know there are shop owners listening today that have gone into a retail environment or they've gone into a, a food industry environment. And they're like, you know what? That's an amazing worker. And, and you see them busting their butt. And then you're like, hey, have you ever considered, you know, the automotive program? They're like, yeah, I burned myself one time. I'm never touching <laughs> it again. Like they've got that negative feeling. Well, if technology could have been first layered to that person, to your very good point, and they could have blown it up, they could have practiced it. They're going to have a very different feeling. And it's a different conversation. So younger is always better. And, and getting them exposed because a great topic like electricity now more than ever, what is going, I mean, even your most basic gas powered vehicle or internal combustion, the level of computers going on nowadays and electrical issues, understanding electrical issues and conceptualizing that you're not just ripping out the electricity of a vehicle. You have got to understand how flow and current works. Yeah. Be able to diagnose and, and treat those symptoms. Yeah. And I, I, I think they're, you're able to teach it in maybe a, a bit of a sexier way, right? Than like if, oh, yeah. if you have like the, the little circuit made up on just a little tiny board that you've made by yourself. Like I, I think being able to, again, appeal to that younger person 
and let them understand, you know, what the benefit is there. Because I think that's, I still, you know, I still think there's value in in some of that real, real hands-on, but being able to get that, the the concepts of how things work and and doing it in a kind of a fun way, I think there's a lot of value in that. Well, and and you think about how we all learned it. Traditionally, you just drew it on the board. You're like, okay, this is a parallel circuit, you know? we're going to have a switch and we're going to open it. Like, what does that mean? You know, right. we, are, we are in a great world of visual teaching tools. So using, you know, AR and VR to our mixed reality to do that, it, it really is much more exciting. And I think we all probably suffered through some, some lessons back in life that were like, man, this could have been taught to me a little different. And, and who knows what it would have done to my career path. Well, hand up right here for somebody that, when you started drawing out a schematic on the board, my eyes would start to, to gloss over and you'd, yeah. you'd lose me pretty quick. And it was the same with traditional teaching in, you know, in my education, my educational experience growing up. If I didn't feel like it like immediately pertained to me, I had a tendency to just kind of go into left field. Right. And I think when, but when it's something that interests me, it's hard to tear me away from it because I'm so turbo focused on that one thing that it's, that's fascinating to me that I'll ask a million questions and really try to get a true understanding, but it's gotta be something that's relevant to me. And the more you can make this relevant to a younger person, I think the more that sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I I totally agree with you. It's a fantastic call out and and point. So how far does this go? Let's talk about the future. Like how, like, what what happens in the future with technology? Is it as it pertains to the educational side? Are there avenues that we haven't explored yet? Or is this, I mean, are we kind of in that bucket right now and that's where it's going to keep going? Or does this kind of branch out into in, different uh, areas? That, that's it. That's, that's a, a really big, you know, trillion dollar question. I think what I would love for your audience to understand is the things that you see on movies are based in real truth. So the days of, of you know, minority report and, and using my hands to move, move objects around, perhaps, you know, visually using, seeing a mixed reality without glasses. You know, I, I, what, there are a lot of ways that the consumer will be shocked and, and I think what's interesting is one of the great parts about being working at a company like ZSpace and, and being in the tech industry is I've seen a lot of failed technology that just people weren't ready for it. You know, they, they, they just weren't ready. And I think what I think about Jay is I'm sure your audience is probably familiar with like Waymo and, yeah. and you know, Waymo is a great example of what is present. You know, it's not going to replace. It's never, people are going to buy vehicles. We're all going to, you know, it's never going to go. It's never going to completely replace in the way we thought the Jetsons would be. Waymo is a great example. I think probably the best example of what the question you asked me is, what does it look like? That, that I think that, especially in the automotive industry, you know, autonomous vehicles, and we're seeing it on autonomous trucks moving across. We know that Tesla has played in that space. We know that Walmart has bought it, which circles all the way back to educationally, are you exposing your students? Are you exposing your technicians? Are you understanding the technology 
that it is coming, folks. This is a blockbuster Netflix conversation. It is. It, it took the bell curve has happened. You know what they're doing and products like Waymo and some of these other ones. You can now go experience this. Is it to scale yet? No, because there, there's always going to be that adoption curve where we have early adopters, we have innovators, and we have the you know the main, and we go through it, and then you get laggards. But I think that's that's probably the best one to answer your question. If I could say it in one word, I'd just say Waymo. I mean, y'all yeah. look out, pay attention. <laughs> so, would you say mixed reality? Like, with what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is it uh, like at the concert when you've got the holograph of person like next yeah, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's a perfect example. So, one of the things when we look at the technology landscape, I think most of your users are going to be familiar with something called a head-mounted display. You know, that's where they're covering their face. They're going into an isolated experience. For those of them that are movie buffs, you can think about the movie Ready Player One. I am putting on that. I'm going into something called the metaverse. And if they want to Google this one, you're going to see what Google, Facebook just put a billion dollars into the metaverse. That's very real. That's that's something that's coming. That's been done through the virtual reality. Then you have the AR side of it, which is what you just described, where I am... You know, in the case of me, for the listeners, I'm bald, but I could have the best mohawk. <laughs> My kids could put me on with elephant ears and a tusk and, and something like that. But it's a particular object performing a particular task. You mentioned the hologram. You know, it's, it's rigid in what it can do. Mixed reality is taking those together and saying, can I go into a different world? And so for ZSpace, we do that with a stylus where it's like a pencil, I'm manipulating the present object in front of me. It's still serving a particular purpose, like I'm looking at a transmission. It's it's a finite method of what it's doing, but it's in a different world. I feel like it's coming off the screen and I'm wearing just regular glasses because what ZSpace has done is we put the magic inside of the hardware and allow you to do that. That's amazing. I mean, I'd like it. <laughs> I don't even know where do you where did the uh, the folks at ZSpace start? <laughs> They're like, hey, oh, you that's know a what? fun Let's... question. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one. So we got started as a Department of Defense about 14 years ago, and the best I, what I'm allowed to tell you is that it was done with topography and the idea that how can I visualize maps, like bring maps to life, though I can make better decisions in. in and ultimately war and make better combat-based decisions. Now, since then, it's progressed into a number of things that, you know, it's about, we, we do a small pension, they just buy it. We don't know what they're doing with it. But yeah. then through, that, we just started to realize people need, they want to use technology for a longer periods of time because one of the drawbacks of using a head-mounted display is you get something called cyber sickness. And that's that nauseated feeling you sometimes get because you are tricking your mind. Um, your mind is thinking you're in another space. So uh, we reverse engineered that. That's our patents as a company. Um, we're so creative. We probably should have said this in the beginning. People know an X and a Y axis. We are the Z axis, which is that third dimension, which is where Z space comes from that ah. allows you to do that. 
I this is all coming together. It came full circle throughout the That's podcast it. here. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it around. Well, I I think there's so much to this conversation that we've had and and how we can appeal to to the younger generations, how we can help the people that are already in the industry. I, you know, that's a big passion of mine is making sure that we're, we're taking care of the people that are already in the industry. I think there's opportunities for us to do that with technology. I think there's opportunities for us to appeal to that younger generation that maybe we wouldn't have in the past. And I think this just opens Pandora's box a little bit. The growth of young people and the growth of even uh, maybe a middle-aged person like me now, like, you know, I think it's, there's, there is, there's just so much value in this stuff. And I can't wait to see where this goes. And, and hopefully schools are, are, or those, the industry folks that are out there listening, the schools that are out there listening, look for these types of opportunities, because this is the stuff that will change the industry. This is the stuff that we can have a real, real impact on. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for those of you that are here and technicians, you know, what I want you to take away is remember, none of this technology is ever going to replace the skill set that you have. You you have you, you are masters in your craft. What we want to do is get people just as excited about your passion for the industry and your passion for fixing and providing a true service to your local communities and to your local customer bases we want to extend that to them and and keep that going for forever and ever and uh, make sure there are no there are no shortages of of any technician in any field i love that love that mission how how do people see examples of this and i i believe from what i've looked at at zspace in terms of the website you can see some cool examples of what it is how it works how how do people get that visual to understand what it is yeah, I, I, you know, those of you that listen today, I mean, go to zspace.com. There's a button that says, give me a demo. If you just want to see it, you you can click right there and we will get one of our team members to do that. I, I, I know I'm happy to make myself available. I, I, I work the conference circuit pretty, pretty hard in presenting and presenting and letting folks see it. So if you're, you know, you're out and about, but really, I would say the best way for somebody to do it is go to zspace.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Michael, you know, C-A-R-B-E-N-I-A. I'm always available and I'm happy to share. And if you just want to have a conversation about technology, I'm happy to do that as well. Yeah, I would encourage those listeners out there that are even kind of on the fence about reaching out to him. Please do, because I think it's going to help you learn more about this. I know just our conversation today our prior conversations. I've learned so much about this over the past few months. And and I appreciate you taking the time today, the time that we've had in other calls uh, to, to explain it to somebody that's technologically challenged, such as myself, it really to be able to break it down in bite-sized pieces so I can I can really grasp what it is. I, I think this is this is just awesome. And and I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Well, I appreciate you having me. And, and what I'm excited about is how we're going to start to bring Wrenchway to our Z-Space customers. So all my automotive programs that are using it, I want them to re- also be reminded, you have great access to a wonderful tool that Wrenchway can provide. And, and I'm excited to begin to share that with our users because your platform is fantastic. I'm, I was humbled to be a guest today. But I, I really was here because I, I really believe in what you guys are doing at Wrenchway. I believe in your mission. And, and I know that Z-Space and myself personally only want to be tied to people 
who have a proper mission in life. And uh, I believe greatly in what you guys are doing, Jay, and, and I'm excited to be here. And thank you for having me. That means the world to me, my friend. Truly, truly appreciate it and look forward to having you back on. You'll have to let us know when uh, when we've got some changes coming in Z-Space or you know, whatever whatever comes, we'll, we'll definitely have you back on. It's a deal. All right. Thank you. Thank you.